Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another edition of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist here on the number one podcast for patient advocacy, helping you empower yourself for better health. We are bringing you episode 99 this week, which is crazy, uh, as I say, because that means we're one episode away from 100. So thankful and uh, gracious to all of the supporters who have listened to at least one episode uh, in the past out of Haywell to drive me and push me uh, to get to episode 100, right? So but that's happening next week. This week, we are asking the question, what is a hospitalist? Why are they important? And why they should not get such a bad rap uh, as they do, unfortunately. So if you have not had a chance, remember, subscribe to the podcast at whatever favorite uh, podcast outlet you're looking listening to. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please remember to rate and uh, review, which is you know means gives me give me five stars, right? We're gonna, you're gonna give me five stars, and then you're gonna tell somebody how much you love uh, the podcast and how much uh, the podcast does for you. So, rate and uh, subscribe, uh, tell a friend, and uh, let's sit down and get ready for another amazing episode here on the Lunch and Learn with Doctor Barry. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Lunch Learn community. So you're actually going to be getting a replay of episode 63 on my Empower Yourself for Better Health series. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you please subscribe because I actually plan on bringing a lot more extra content uh, towards my uh, YouTube fans and followers. So, but anyways, uh, this is actually be a replay where I actually talk about what is a hospitalist? I actually answered a question, and importantly, I actually answered a question on National Hospitalist Day, depending on uh, when you happen to be listening to this episode. So uh, I remember the transition from going from an outpatient doctor to an inpatient doctor, and I used to have to explain to people, hey, I'm a hospitalist. I could see the look of confusion on people's face. So it's definitely something that I think needs to be educated on. And that's why I actually chose to do it on the live stream so I can answer questions appropriately. Because I, I think as a physician, as a hospitalist, you should always be educating your patient on what you actually do. And for most people, when I say hospitalist, they're not really sure they can get you know, a little bit that like I must work in a hospital, but really doesn't really get the finite uh, details of it. So I talk about what a hospitalist is on this. I actually talk about how uh, old the term is because unfortunately it's not that old, which is why we tend to have to train a lot of people. So I uh, get ready again, sit back for another great episode here on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. And hello, good evening, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, 
and uh, the host of the Empower Yourself for Better Health series. We are bringing you episode 63 as a title across uh, can kind of dictate. We are going to be talking about what it means to be a hospitalist, right? And uh, it's almost ironic, right? This week, uh, especially for those who follow me on the podcast, um, I was already planning on uh, talking about uh, you know w- the importance of a hospitalist, and lo and behold, I just happened to plan it on the week that it's National Hospital Day, right? So we're going to be talking about what it means to be a hospitalist. We're going to uh, you know try to break down that term. We're going to talk about the importance of it and really what it means. Oh, hey, Marie, thank you for joining. Uh, really what it means to uh, be a hospitalist and as a patient, like why is that important, right? It's because the question becomes patient care. That's always, you know, of course, you know, me, uh, the number one patient advocate, you know, I want to know like what's the importance of being a hospitalist and does that really benefit you, right? So we're going to be talking uh, all things hospitalist tonight. So thank you for joining me. I know we usually do these things in the afternoon, but, uh, you know, the schedule as again, and we'll talk about it as a hospitalist, the schedule sometimes doesn't permit me to do things during the day uh, like I used to be able to um, when I did outpatient medicine. Uh, so uh, let's let's get these things started again. I don't want to kind of keep you on long. Let me just. OK, so we are uh, we're good to go. Ready. So, again, if for those who, you know, let's say if this is your first time catching me live or you're going to be catching uh, the replay on either YouTube or on the podcast uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm Dr. Barry Pierre. I am a board-certified internist. I'm a program director at Wellness and Regional Medical Center. I'm also director of medical education. And uh, most importantly, I am a hospitalist. And that's something that I've been doing uh, going on for about two years now, uh, strictly hospital medicine. And we're going we're gonna to break that down with it. You know, it, it's pretty self-explanatory, but we are going to kind of talk about uh, the importance of it and why that kind of came into fruition. Uh, so, the term hospitalist, right? So uh, again, I always want to give credit uh, where credit due. Um, we're going to give credit to the pioneers, right? So in 1996, in 1996, Dr. Lee Goldman and Dr. Uh, Bob Walker, I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly, um, first coined the term uh, the hospitalist, right? They actually did it in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it was, again, in 1996, right? So that was not very long ago, right? A little bit over 20 years ago where uh, we, we first heard the term hospitalist and what that actually meant uh, for us uh, in its infancy is, you know, kind of interesting and kind of interesting to see where we're at now. As a, a hospitalist, it essentially means that your uh, mode of care is in the inpatient setting, right? So it's in the hospital. Uh, we tend to take care of the most ill patients um, at the most uh, inconvenient times for some people because just like no one likes going to the doctor's office for their routine checkups. You best believe no one likes going to the ER. But unfortunately, uh, and, and you know, because things happen uh, for various reasons, you have you end up in the hospital, right? Whether it's for heart attacks, whether it's for strokes, whether it's for surgeries, whether, you know, illnesses, pneumonia, you name it, um, slip and fall, something can happen and you can end up in the hospital setting, right? So that is, uh, you know, our primary bulk of our uh, you know, practice of care. And as a, an internal medicine resident, um, primarily, and again, I did 36 months of internal medicine. So primarily, I want to say about 24 months of those were on the inpatient setting. So what you'll, what you'll see, especially kind of moving forward, is that a lot of your physicians 
who are described who describe themselves as hospitalists, they tend to come from internal medicine residency programs because it, and I want you guys to kind of think about this. If you've been in training and in training for three years and you've been doing the same thing over again for three years, and then all of a sudden someone says, hey, I want to offer you a job doing the same exact stuff you were doing, uh, but I'm going to pay you probably four or five times as much. What are you going to do, right? So, of course, you're going to take that job. You're going to be uh, very interested to see what it is because, again, it is the same thing, uh, you know, pretty much, right? But they're paying you a lot more. So when we when we talk about National Hospitalist Day, uh, again, like I said, it, was, it just happened to be ironic because uh, and I, I'm going to give a little backstory right before we get into this. So this week, this weekend, um, I was at a uh, med- one of my medical society meetings that I tend to have to go to. But what, I, what I've noticed in this medical society meeting that it tends to uh, favor, unfortunately, it tends to favor the, the outpatient physicians, right? And if you know my history, you know I love outpatient medicine. Um, I did that right out of residency, right? I was probably one of the outliers in my program. Or right out of residency, I went into outpatient medicine. And remember, I said in residency, I did about 24 months, almost two years of just being on the inpatient side. So I didn't really have that much experience doing outpatient medicine, but I love uh, the, the atmosphere and the, the schedule and everything about outpatient medicine that I ended up going into that first. So I do want to you know, put that caveat out there. I have no problem uh, with outpatient medicine. It was just something that when the opportunity came to become a, a program director, uh, being in a hospitalist also came with it, right? So of course, um, I took it, took it and ran. So as a, so I'm at this meeting, and we are there. The outpatient doctors are, uh, you know, talking about you know patient care and taking care of patients, and what what they what they start to talk about is cost, and in medicine. Uh, unfortunately, cost is probably one of the biggest drivers uh, for both ways, right? Whether we're going to do something or whether we're not going to do something, right? Cost is a big driver uh, in, in our uh, medical field. So they were talking about cost. They were talking about reducing costs. And of course, someone, which it always happens at these meetings, mentioned, well, you know, if the hospitalists didn't you know, admit everybody and they didn't spend all our money, then it wouldn't cost so much, right? And almost in unison, you had more and more outpatient doctors throughout the room uh, kind of agreeing with, you know, a statement that unfortunately isn't as uh, true as they make it seem. And, you know, I've, I've, I tell you, I've been at a few of these meetings and I've sat back and I've bit my tongue and I listened to it. Uh, but this meeting I wasn't going to, right? So I actually ended up saying something. I said, well, you know, it's not entirely on the hospital's position, right? There's a lot of different factors that go into uh, taking care of a patient in a hospital. And yes, we are the person who says, yes, this person can come in, right? But we're not the primary person who kind of quote unquote runs up the bill, right? So it was definitely one of those things that I had to really look for, look out and say like, oh, I need to look out for me being a hospitalist because the, the rap that we're getting, especially on at least the local uh, level from our physicians, outpatient physicians wasn't a good one, right? And when, when we think about National Hospitals Day, right, it's one to kind of like, you know, you know, lay out the sirens like, hey, we are here because a lot of people don't realize uh, that are there are subset of physicians who that's all they do. Right. This is all they do is they go work inside a hospital and they leave the hospital. Right. There is no uh, office to go to. There is no patients to follow. There is no call afterwards. So that's 
primarily all they do. So lo and behold, here comes National Hospitals Day, which um, I'm definitely thankful for. Uh, and again, we're going to give them a shout out, the uh, Society of Hospital Medicine, which is a, a nonprofit organization primarily focused on taking care of and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, bringing together uh, those who are a part of uh, what we call the hospitalist family. And there's about 60,000. Now, again, remember, I said 1996 was the first time people even brought up the term, right? And, you know, you know 20 plus years later, there are about 60,000 physicians who identify themselves as strictly hospitalists. And it's one that it was a field that I think is going to continue to grow me being in uh, graduate medical education. Uh, I got to tell you, a lot of my residents tend to gravitate towards that. And I kind of talked about that earlier, where because it's, I don't want to say easier, but the transition is, right? The transition is much easier, right? There's not a lot of extra stuff you have to learn when you go from resident to attending as a hospitalist because you've been doing the same stuff over and over again uh, for some years now. So uh, there's definitely less of a learning curve after graduation, which is uh, becoming very enticing for not only internal medicine residents. I do say a lot of internal medicines go into it, uh, but we're seeing family medicine residents also go into the same field as well. Pediatricians also go into the same field as well. Obstetricians also go into the same field as well, right? Where they're only focusing their efforts on people who are in the hospital. And, and I think that's going to be a trend that we're going to continue to see go up over time, right? So I, I definitely want to let you know that this, this hospitalist thing is definitely here to stay. So, you know, it's, it's not like a fad that's going to be here and gone away. Um, but but what, what's happened, right? Like, you may ask yourself, hey, Dr. Barry, like, like, why did we get to this point anyway, right? We needed to have people who whose only job was to work in the hospital, right? Like, what do we do to get to this point? So let's let's bring us back, right? We got to bring us back. We got to start, got to start at the beginning, right? And the old times, right? I hate to call it old times, right? Because again, not, these people aren't old, right? But we have to think about it. in the old times, your physician used to be able to take care of you in his office or her office. And then when they were done or during lunch, they would go across the street and then they would take care of patients in the hospital. Now, that's not to say that that isn't happening, right? Because you still have physicians to this day uh, in you know, various parts of the country that that's what they do, right? They take care of patients in the hospital or they take care of patients outside of the hospital, right? So that's not uh, a, a career that's going away, but it is decreasing. Because what's happened, unfortunately, as paperwork has increased, as patient load has increased, as the time you have to spend with your patient has decreased, you've gotten to the point where those physicians who used to have outpatient offices and take care of patients in the hospital didn't have the time to do both. Because if they were doing one, then they tried to do the other, right? They'd be at work all day from like, eight in the morning till you know, seven, eight at night. So people, and people want a life, right? Like as a physician, you're allowed to have a life. So people started deciding like, hey, you know what? I don't want to deal with my patients when they're in the hospital. Let someone else do that. And then as our disease process, uh, you know, got, became more and more complex, you know, as we were treating more and more illnesses, uh, more and more end-stage issues with the heart, with the kidney, with the lungs, uh, with skin infection, the moment when, as like people started getting sicker, uh, it got to the point where you really wanted someone who is up to date on inpatient related uh, treatment courses, right? And that's 
something that I'm very fortunate enough as a, a hospitalist, as a program director, and I work with directly with residents. So if anyone is going to keep you up to date on the latest and a greatest way to treat a patient is going to be a resident, right? Because I can tell you most residents, again, I'm, I was there that when I was there back then too, where most residents want to try to make sure that their, their attending is on the up and up, right? So if you're not on your P's and Q's, your residents will let you know you're not on your P's and Q's, right? So there's definitely something um, I always make it a point uh, to try to be as updated as possible because I know I got a resident who's ready to uh, let me know if I'm not up to date as possible. So we've gotten to this, this crossroad where you had the outpatient physician who wanted uh, to be able to take care of you while you were in the hospital and when you're in the office, but time um, has become such a commodity that they just don't have the ability to do so. So they started saying, hey, hospitals, um, you have someone take care of my patient while they're in your facility. And when they come out, they can come see me. And that's what started to happen, right? You started to see uh, more and more uh, people uh, gravitate towards just that field and gravitate away from the hospital, right? So it was that divide started getting wider and wider uh, to the point where even today in 2019, if you're one of the physicians, especially if you're listening to this, um, you're going to watch this later on. If you're one of the physicians who actually still does both, um, people look at you kind of weird, right? They don't understand, like, well, why? Do, why? Right? No, no, in fact, you'll probably get more questions of why or how do you have the time more than anything else. And, and then you may have some people question, well, if, like, how much do you really know, right? Like, how proficient are you in your inpatient stuff and your outpatient stuff if you're kind of stretching yourself thin, right? Because that's how they choose to do it. So uh, the, the term hospitalist came up and, you know, now we have people who are strictly dedicated uh, to taking care of you when you touch down in the, the hospital, right? And as a hospitalist, again, I had, to, I had to make that mental change. Again, I was doing outpatient medicine, but it was like riding a bike. I did so much inpatient medicine uh, as a resident that once I had to do inpatient medicine as the program director, like, I'm like okay, I've been here before. So as, as you continue to uh, you know, grow and as these illnesses continue to uh, become more complex, you have people who said, this is what I'm going to do. I love the lifestyle. Um, I, I love the pay because the pay, especially starting out as a resident, uh, tended to be higher uh, because you were taking care of more ill patients. And because of that, uh, you had more and more people kind of going in that direction. So it was definitely an interesting transition uh, to this field. And, and uh, I'm, what I know, right, I don't want to say kind of, right, like I feel it will get to a point when not only will you do internal medicine uh, residency, right, but you'll also do a hospital medicine fellowship. Because I, I wish I could say it's just as easy as just taking care of a patient inside a hospital, right? And you're a hospital, so you're great. Unfortunately, it's not. Just like as an outpatient physician, you have your benchmarks and you have your things that you have to go over. As an inpatient physician, you have those same things. I can tell you uh, some of the stuff we tend to have to deal with uh, from a, from a hospital uh, hospitalist standpoint are uh, you know cost, right? Cost is a big thing for us, right? For and again, we can we can definitely have a different uh, live. Uh, you know, what the cost of hospitals and the hospital stays and everything else, uh, how that comes into play. But what we see is that as a hospitalist, um, I get graded on how long uh, it takes my patient to come in the hospital and then how long it takes for me to kind of boot them out of the hospital, right? So I, I, I'm like, I have almost like a timer, right? Again, 
If you're sick, we take care of your sick to the end. Uh, but right when you get healthy enough to not be in that hospital, uh, we're getting you out of there, right? Like one of my, my, my residents will tell you, one of my things I love is uh, can this patient go home? Uh, because as a hospitalist, that's my number one goal. And, and I'm selfish with it, right? Like I want to know if you can leave this hospital because I know one, as a hospital physician, because I'm dealing with the sickest of the sick patients, I know it's not guaranteed for you to leave my hospital. And because I know it's not guaranteed for you to leave my hospital, I like get joy, right? Like I get joy when I'm able to say like, okay, you can go to, you can go home or you can go to a rehab. You can go, you can go anywhere but here. I get joy out of it, right? Because I know you're not guaranteed. And again, I've seen patients come from uh, the most ill state states. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure this patient's going to make it and make it. Right. So, and I've seen that over and over and over again so much uh, that, again, that's why I'm so happy. That's why I don't take for granted uh, when a patient can leave the hospital. So as a hospitalist, you, you have to be on your P's and Q's from an administration standpoint. Right. There's a lot of paperwork that goes by. Uh, most hospitals have to do research uh, within their hospital uh, system. Most hospitals have to serve on committees within their hospital system. So there's a lot of different things that go into uh, the field of hospitalist medicine that I think is sometimes a, a culture shock for the residents because most residents are usually shielded away from those extra uh, activities because usually it's just the attendings have to do it. But as a resident, when you have to uh, graduate and then you're the, now you're the boss and all of a sudden like, oh, wow, I got to do this paperwork. Oh, I got to document this certain way. Like all of these things that you didn't realize was happening around you uh, tends to happen. So uh, I think as a hospital, again, like I said, I'm definitely one who is thankful uh, for the training I got to, you know, make this transition as easy as possible. Uh, but it is uh, something that I recognize and uh, I'm glad that we have organizations like the Society of Hospital Medicine uh, that are really looking out for us and looking out because they're the ones who said we need our day right then. But I think everyone wants to be recognized and they were the, they were the champions behind us as hospitalists. Again, I love to say us because I'm a, I'm a hospitalist. I'm in the family. Uh, they were they were behind us getting uh, our own special day, right? So, and it it looks like it's going to happen uh, the first Thursday of March every year. So uh, you're going to see me next year from a hospitalist still, right? Hopefully, um, champion like, hey, happy second birthday! Because again, this is this is actually the first uh, national hospitalist day, right? So uh, you are getting episode sixty three uh, to to celebrate. Uh, that not only this is a celebration of Hospitalist Day, but this is actually the first official celebration of it. So um, for for those who are going to catch uh, the replay, those who are catch the video, thank you uh, for joining and, uh, you know, uh, st stick with me here with the Empower Yourself for Better Health series. I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunchlearnpod, all in one word, dot com. And you can get the access to my show notes 
for every single episode, but especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.